Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... I actually met my wife on CatholicSingles.com, if you can believe that. Really? And about Yes, I had never done that before. Didn't have any problems with dating. Natalie and Aaron met on CatholicSingles.com after they realized that they needed to find someone who shared their faith. Meet other faithful Catholics on the original Catholic dating site. Download our app today for free. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.com. Dot app slash breadbox. Welcome to Holy Smokes Catholic Review, your weekly dose of good cigars and the good news. This podcast is brought to you by St. John Vianney Catholic Church in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Incensing the temple today, Father Scott Mansfield, pastor and former rock radio DJ, Tony Willemitis, the guy who knows everything. And Will Tapia, the guy who thinks he knows everything. Now, here's your host, Father Scott. It is Holy Smokes Catholic Review. Father Scott along with William. What's up? Well, what's up is this podcast is what's up. That's right. This podcast is up. And what's up is Tony's not here yet. Tony's not here yet. Nope. But I just heard from him by uh, by a text and uh, and he's on his way. Yep. I think what happened was he stopped to get a cigar, and he's running late. Maybe. Did you bring a smoke? I did, yeah. Did I you did. bring a smoke to review? Um, no, I have a... I mentioned last podcast that I have. I had an order of cigars coming in the mail, so uh, they... I don't know what's up with UPS or what's the story with deliveries, but, uh, you know, sometimes they'll deliver the package, they'll just leave it outside your door or whatever, and I live in, I live in an apartment complex, so, like, they leave it outside the door. We have cameras. Like, nobody ever messes with the packages, you know. Um, we all own our units, so it's, like, not a lot of renters there. So nobody messes with anybody's things. And so, like, Amazon, they'll deliver it. They'll leave the package outside the door. They'll leave it outside your mailbox in the front of the lobby. But for some reason, whenever I get cigars, probably 80% of the time, if I'm not there when they knock on my door or if I'm in a meeting... They just take off with the package and they, they'll say, oh, we deliver it next business day, which on Saturday is Monday. So I, I got him today. And I mean, the whole day I'm just on edge. I'm waiting for him to knock on the door. And then anyway, so yeah, so I got my order from Cigar Bin in. Um, well, well, here's my question. Were, were you missing any? Because I'm thinking maybe that's why, because maybe. Dug into him. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like the, 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 the what are those Uber Eat people? They say yeah. they, they like sample the oh, French the fries. fries and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Is that true? I mean, so, so all the cigars were intact, thank God. But, uh, yeah, I, I got, I got loaded up. I think I, I forget if I told 
said this on the podcast last week, but um, I ordered a 20 pack of Oliva Proteges, which is a real, it looks like a really nice Connecticut. I've never had it before. Um, I haven't seen it available in our cigar shops in New Mexico. Bought a 20 pack for 40 bucks on Cigar Bid. I, sh- I probably shouldn't promote that because I think I'm going to get outbid now because we keep talking about it. But yeah, so a uh, crazy deal there. So I bought that and then I bought. Um, one a cigar that you recommended uh, on the podcast, the uh, Gurkha Evil. Mm. So they had a five pack for like ten bucks, I think. Did you smoke one? I haven't smoked. No, okay. just got it in a couple hours ago. So I just had time to open up the package, throw some in my box, and then come over yeah, here. Yeah, it's so. the only evil I will ever promote. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it's got rave reviews online too. So. Um, so we'll see. So it'll be exciting, you know. Yeah, yep. can't wait to dig in. So that's what I brought for uh, for our um, sampling tonight. So, so I'm going to try to talk as much as I can before Tony gets here because you know what happens. Oh when yeah, he'll take over. Yeah, he yeah, just takes yeah, over. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and then he'll have a rant of some kind. So I forgot what my own voice sounded like actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so you know this uh, this uh, coronavirus thing, right? So uh-huh. in uh, the numbers, there are going up. Yeah. But now it's like younger people catching it, right? And but the um, the the death rate is dropping. Yeah, there were no deaths in New Mexico today. Yep, not a yep. one. I saw that. Well, and and I think that makes sense. You know, given what's going on right now across the nation, um, you know, I think I think the people who are protesting and things like that that are going on generally, as well as the people who are going out, right? I'm thinking about my own family. Um, you know. I went to a brew pub the other day with some friends and, you know, we were all very good. We, 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 we socially distanced, um, at the pub as best as we could, you know, we used our sanitizers or masks when, when we were running the table. So we all did that. But, you know, I mean, everything is, it's all a calculated risk, right? So, um, I mean, that totally makes sense. It's the young people who are going out and doing these things. Whereas like my parents, uh, and my grandparents are still at home, you know, uh, I'm still running errands for them. I'm still doing things like that for them. They're very cautiously kind of doing stuff here and there as, as they need to, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, for the most part, have they been to mass yet? Uh, so, uh, not to Sunday mass. They've been to, uh, actually just today they went to a daily mass. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But you know, and yeah, I mean, it's all it's all kind of a kind of a weird thing, you know. I uh, seem like everywhere I go for Sunday mass, it's always a little bit different, you know. So, but each week there's more and more people. That's what I heard. Yeah, and because people come and then they realize, hey, this is safe and this is working, and so more and more people, and then yeah. they, you know, they phone their friends, and then more and more people come, right? Which is good. You know, but uh, we got to get up to, uh, well, what we need this thing to do is just disappear. And I was mentioning how the death rate is going down now in Italy. Doctors are reporting that while there's people, you know, catching it, still catching the coronavirus. Yeah. They're not, they're not, if they are in the hospital, they're not going on ventilators. So there, some of the doctors there are beginning to think that maybe this thing, this pandemic is losing its potency. Interesting. Which we hope is, uh, you know, we hope that that is the case. Right. Well, and I think we're, you know, I think we're also getting better at treating it. I was just, I saw another news report that was saying um, the, uh, uh, oh, and I can't remember how to pronounce that long name, the hydro, 
Hydrochloroquine. Chlor- I think that's what it was. Hydroxychloroquine. I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. But there's so, controversy in this country. But but I mean, as far as as far as like a treatment method, and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I, I don't know anything about any of these treatments really. But just what they report on the news is that the manufacturer was um, creating this uh, to be inhaled, like kind of like a ventil or not a ventilator, a um, what asthmatics use. Um, yeah, like a, a antihistamine or something like yeah. that. No, or like a little, you know, the little. <laughs> I like what the that's banaca, called. the banaca that for yeah. the breath. Yeah, I, I don't even know what the heck that's called. They, uh, but I'm totally blanking. But whatever right, that right. is. But but everyone knows what we're talking. about. When you go that when you make the noise, the yeah. it's the it's the visual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not really a visual. It's an audio kind of thing. <laughs> we but all know what it is. I mean, it's like yeah. So so in that in that way that uh, as a treatment. Um, then, then for people who get it at their house and maybe it's not bad enough to get to a ventilator or they get detected early before it gets really bad, they could take this to prevent symptoms, to prevent them ever having to go to the hospital or ever having to be on a ventilator. So it's just, you know, I mean, with anything, right, um, the more time passes, the more we're learning about what we're going to do and how we're going to adapt and things like that. And it's all, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's just tough. This is just a tough, yeah. a tough year for everybody. You know, yeah. um, I just saw today on the news that, uh, the event that we look forward to every single year, the Albuquerque balloon fiesta has been canceled for, uh, for 2020. It's been postponed to 2021. Yeah. But you know um, what, you know what, this mm-hmm. Sunday, this past Sunday morning, driving over here to mass. Yeah. There were, there was, there had to be, I don't know, 200 balloons floating. Yeah. Around. Well, I, I heard that, um, I heard that the, uh, city of Albuquerque is working on doing some kind of balloon display. So, you know, where balloons can possibly still launch, but it's not the festival where you have international pilots flying in. You don't have, you know, crowds flying in from all over the world, but maybe just something for the residents of Albuquerque where they can have some balloons kind of launch and then do their own thing. Cause really, I mean, balloon ballooning is, is socially distanced. You're not, you, I mean, unless you're in that basket with the pilot, you don't really get close to anybody. You know what I mean? You have to be far away because the balloon's so gigantic, you know? So, um, Unless you land on people. Yeah. <laughs> if you land on people. Yeah, but they move so slow. It's so hard. It's so impossible to land on people. They, they move like like a mile an hour, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, so, so I mean, that's sad, but, you know, I get it. But I you know understand. The, the sad thing, that's, that, that balloon fiesta brings so much money into oh, this Millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we're already, like, you know, we're the second poorest state in the country. Right. And right. it's going to just hurt us big time. Yep. Yeah, no, so. absolutely. You know, and I, I, the state just finished up their special session doing all the, all the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, extra budget cuts and things like that for this fiscal year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's all, it's all crazy. Everyone is trying to figure it out, you know, um, trying to figure it out at work and all the, all the weirdness that that entails. It's so crazy, crazy, crazy. You know, there's some places that are talking about not even going back to work until January of next year at the earliest. They're just closed. Uh, no, yeah, that's, that's I don't know. I, I I don't know. Yeah, I mean I mean How, from well, from my you, you can you can't do that and survive. If if you're virtual, you can. Well, so like so in my case, uh, my work particularly, um, I've only really had to go into the office twice to just get things that are in my desk at the office and then take it to take it to my mm-hmm. house, and I, I can do everything online. You know what I mean? Totally virtual through Zoom. Right. Um, now you can do that. Plumbers can't do that. Right. No, 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 exactly. So, so the, um, what I meant by the, by the closures until January were only businesses that can have that, you know, luxury of staying virtual. So, well, you know, I would, uh, read, uh, one report where, uh, some, some, some businesses are, are thinking, hell, we just let people 
from here on out. Those who can work at home can work at home. Yeah. Because people, you know, it turns out many people are very productive at home. Yep. So why not? Just, you know, and that's extra office space. You don't have to, you yeah. know, put a body in. And yep. if they can do it from home, then okay. Oh, it saves money on paper. It saves money on all kinds of resources. I mean, you know, uh, for my work... Uh, I was printing off like these meeting packets that sometimes were like 10, 15 pages thick, you know? And so you're doing that for 20 people several times a day and now you just send it all as PDFs. So it's, you know, there you go. Yeah. Saving all that paper. So, well, my friend Scott Chapin, who does the intro on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. He's been working at home forever. I know. Yeah. In, in, in home studio. Right. Man. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, yeah. So, uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm thinking though that, uh, you know, like these things, they come and go and this thing's going to go and we'll be back to hundred percent, you know, and I just think it's going to happen. I just think that good things are going to come. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely trials. It's definitely tribulation, you know, and, um, but you know, I think at the end of it, we're going to be better for it. I think, It'll be one of those situations, and we may have talked about this already, but, you know, kind of like how, how after 9-11, we had the, uh, the metal detectors and, like, the body scanners and stuff like that in all airports. That was, uh-huh. like, the the global event that changed the world. Mm-hmm. I think this is definitely going to be one of those, you know, whether it's going to be temperature scans or whatever. I don't know. But, but I remember um, I remember when that happened in, uh, you know, 9-11, right? Uh, I'd been, I had been ordained a year Okay. Okay. And life prior to that, I remember it with the with the change that that event brought on. Yeah. So I remember prior to that, you know, drive up to the airport and let your friends. You park the car and go in, and then you could walk right up to the gate with them to say goodbye or to welcome them. Mm-hmm. So all these changes happened, and it was hard getting used to. But now that we're used to it, it's like you just—it's just how it is. We've adapted. Yeah. You know, it's just okay. That's how it is, right? So we're just used to it now. Yeah. It's like the whole thing, you know, before, whenever it was with the seatbelts, you know, we never wore seatbelts, but now it's just, it's automatic, right? You just put it on and yeah. You know what I mean? So we just get used to things and we'll adapt. We always do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, how's work going? Oh, it's going good. I mean, it's, yeah, it's busy as can be. I was going to mention though, um, this is kind of cool. I don't know if you saw this on the news, but, um, I mean, it's it's cool, but it's sad. It's cool, but it's sad. Um, I just saw that uh, Pope Benedict XVI uh, traveled from Vatican City uh, to Regensburg, Germany, where his brother Georg lives. Um, who lives a bishop, um, Bishop Georg. Um, I thought he was a priest. Maybe he is. I don't think he's a bishop. Okay. I think he's just a simple parish Georg priest. Georg Ratzinger. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, um, so nonetheless, his you brother... You would think that his brother would have given him a big promotion. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but then people would have screamed, you know, oh, that's, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, so uh, so Father um, Father Georg Ratzinger, um, the older brother of Pope Benedict XVI, um, is apparently passing away at his home in, um, in Regensburg. So, so Pope Benedict, uh, 93 years old, uh, for the first time since his abdication in 2014, mm-hmm. no, 2013. Wow. Mm. It's already been seven years. Um, since his abdication in 2013, uh, traveled, he got, a and then Pope Francis helped him out with this and everything. They got a, um, a military flight from the Italian army, um, to load him up on the plane and fly him out to Regensburg. And he's there. He said mass with his brother Georg and 
and um, all that kind of stuff. And it, it's it's just it's tough. I mean, end of life things are mm-hmm. are inherently difficult. And he's looking pretty darn frail. He looks really frail. But, but keep in mind, he's ninety three years yeah. old. He looks very, very frail. But his he, mind is still, yeah. you know. He's well, he's still writing mind. letters. He's still writing letters. He's still, you know, um, allegedly he's he's worked on a couple of books in his retirement. Um, so, you know. So, yeah, I mean, he's sharp as a tack. And, and it's interesting, though, if you look at those pictures of him. So his body looks frail. Um, you know, he's in a wheelchair. Uh, but if you look at his eyes... His eyes just look as sharp, you know, sharp as tacks, you know what I mean? Still, so um, just keep him in your prayers, you know, keep uh, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI in your prayers, as well as his brother, uh, Georg Ratzinger over in Germany, you know. That, that, that's his last That's his last family member he has on this earth, you know. It's yeah. just, you know, I mm. can't imagine how tough that stuff is, so. Now, I do know that when uh, the brother was in good health, he was helping out celebrating Mass yeah. at our 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 bases, our military bases. Wow. The American side. So you know, Justin, our friend Justin Bucalo, yeah, was having mass. You know, he went to he and his family went to mass, and the 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 chaplain wasn't there. So guess who celebrated mass? Benedict's brother. Wow, that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. I mean, he, he he's an intellectual too. He's got some amazing writings as well. They were ordained together, were as they? a matter of fact. Yep, I, I believe they're ordained together. Um, well, now, way back you know, when. Well, you know, uh, uh, Benedict was, you know, he was a, a, a one of Hitler's youth. They both were, but not by choice. Right. They they were both forced to be, uh, as everyone was in Nazi Germany, to be a part of the Hitler Youth. But uh, uh, he and Georg actually fled. They fled um, <clears throat> one day during military exercises. Um, they fled the ranks of the youth. And uh, the way it was described in this article I read about it is, it's, you know, people that firing at them from the firing line, everything as they ran over the hills down in Bavaria, fleeing the Hitler youth. So it's kind of wild, kind of yeah. heroic, too, yeah. uh-huh. you know. And then another pope, you know, the, the previous to, to Benedict, you know, yeah. John Paul II yeah. had to live under Nazi, you know, uh, rule and then also communism. That's right. Okay, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, uh, I, you know, I hate to uh, guys stop this wonderful conversation, but it's time for Tony. The Tony Willamitis show is about to take over um, here on uh, Holy Smokes Catholic Review. And uh, so, by dingy, I'm all exhausted from talking. And uh, I think William might be, too. Yeah, Just in time, because... We're going to turn turn over the rest of the hour to our friend. Tony. And yours, Mr. Tony Willamitis. Everybody, welcome to Holy Smokes Catholic Review. This is Tony Willamitis. Um, I'm joined today by Father Scott Mansfield (laughs) and Will Tapia. Good to have you guys. Yes, sir. Glad Um, to be here on your show. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome. Tony Willamitis show. (laughs) Oh boy! Uh, this well, is what welcome. I have to put up with. Good to have you here. We were just Thanks. talking about um, Pope Benedict visiting his brother Georg out in oh, yeah. uh, out in Germany, and that's uh, very sweet of him. Yep, yeah, he's yep. getting older, and and then some people thought that he might just stay in Bavaria or Germany or wherever his brother I was, and um, I he decided to come back. He's back at the. He's going back to uh, the Vatican. Yeah. Yep. That's the all by all reports. It's true. Yeah. Hey, uh, you want to explain your tardiness? I'm just yeah. I was working out, man. Oh, you were? Yeah, I was working out. So and, what? Uh, uh, and then I had to go. I had to. You guys told me you were smoking, so I had to go to my house and get cigars. Hey, Father Scott, I think we could both take a lesson out of Tony's uh, working out book. So I don't know if we should have yeah, room to mine, criticize. It's really not helping me any. <laughs> I think I get fatter every day I work out. Yeah, <laughs> because it's weird. 
I know I was reading today, like because it's all the stress from working out, it like heightens your cortisol <laughs> levels, and then it and I then think it that's, causes that's, see, that's more why fatness. I that's why it's, I don't a, it's a double. Uh, <laughs> it just cancels it out. Yeah, I know, right? It yeah, it's a double negative. It actually increases cholesterol. That's why I don't <laughs> right, work out. Exactly, <laughs> it's bad for your health. Yeah. Um, no, I yeah. Well, I should probably eat better. Um, that that's probably an important part mm. of the. Um, equation so i'm trying to eat better better and um battle. work out and have you ever had battle never had yeah battle. i, I have never, actually <laughs> until now i'm starting to eat battle and it's uh it's helping me lose weight something like that i don't know but here we are hey happy father's day belated lee mm. yeah thank you did you guys talk about that yet no, no we have not no no yeah um no we talked about you that's well that's it. nice of you as usual. We talked about you and gave our traditional customary uh, updates on the Rona. Okay, right. You know, yeah. And uh-huh. Rona. That's what we're yeah. calling it now. So, Rona. So, so we've already covered that after the, after all of our rant last week. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say, it's hard to tell right now. Some people say it's coming back, some people say it's not coming back. The death I don't know. the death is going down. Yeah, it that's might a good be going sign. up. The cases the, might be going up, but, but the, the death is coming down. The death down. percentages are going down. Good. Well, that's yeah. that means a lot. That means we're learning how to take care of it. Because I think that's that was my big concern is that I feel like the hospitals weren't really aware of how to really best treat. I feel like they may are probably just making the problem worse. Sure. So hopefully they're learning how to take care of whatever it is that it is that's afflicting mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. you know, and yep. not making bad judgment calls. Because people's lives are kind of important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you know? that's right. And I heard, I heard today uh, from a friend that um, the balloon fiesta is canceled as a result yeah. of it. Is that true? Yeah, we talked about that. And then the state fair might be canceled, right? Like, just well, yeah, I mean, logically no speaking, loss. you know, you would think October, and then yeah. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> the state fair is in September. September. The, yep. the balloon fiesta is in October. October. So if the balloon fiesta is already canceled, then that just goes without saying that the state fair would be canceled. Right. But I was telling Will that this Sunday there had to be right around the church there had to be 200 balloons floating around. Oh yeah, they're, so people they're, are still they're up fly. and out. Yeah, they're up and out. Yeah. And I have a feeling, I have a feeling balloonists will still come around yeah. October to, because the weather's good, right? I, I, will. I, I was just mentioning to Father Scott that uh, um, what the city of Albuquerque is planning on is doing some kind of like uh, abbreviated fiesta for local pilots something that doesn't involve international pilots or yeah. international crowds and things like that so socially distanced balloons yeah mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean gotta keep it, your balloon six feet from the other balloon well it's they're socially distanced by nature because they're so big <laughs> no you know? that's mm-hmm. my and, point um, that's why i was like i don't understand that other than i guess you know the crowds okay i understand well i i know from a from an event planning standpoint you know as well as like events even into the fall well into the fall well into the winter are just like off the table at this point pretty unilaterally unilaterally across the board yeah you know yeah and so it's it's going to be interesting because at first right you had this big wave of like zoom and the virtual whatever and then that lasts about a month that everybody got sick of the virtual yeah the zooms uh, the zoom meetings zooms, and all the you online know, meetings we, even with masses we, we you know generally i don't know about here particularly but generally uh, you see a decrease in viewers after the first couple of weeks of like people who are viewing the mass both live and recorded you just see a, a decrease in that stuff because people just get zoom fatigue you get sick of being on a screen all day long you know, um, so yeah, so we'll see where this whole thing shapes up and where it goes. But you yeah, know, it's definitely- yeah, I don't like that whole that whole like the thing with the meeting on the Zoom and stuff. By the way, Zoom gives lots of money to Planned Parenthood. So do Write I think that down. All, so. I, so so do I think all the the live streaming apps in Microsoft. I mean, mm. it's Microsoft, Apple, yeah. it's Apple. You know, I, I mean, it's like name one that doesn't. You know, sad. what a yeah, sad reality. It is sad. It is sad. Tragic. Um, so, really tragic. Anyways, uh, yeah, I just don't like the the video thing. It just it's uh, 
And, you know, and, and then the people are fading in and out and getting cut off, and then your time ends. and mm-hmm. It's just a pain in the rumpus. But uh, any case, so I would imagine, too, you know, I think the NFL's in trouble. You think so? I think so. How so? I just think they're not going to have a season with fans. They might not even have a season. Because but, when you play football, you have to – you cannot not social distance. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So – and then there's like – Maybe they, the, maybe they every time they tackle someone, they get up and then they uh, wash their hands and they yeah. purify themselves. Yeah, right. between, between plays, you <laughs> yeah, they wash have, your hands for 20 seconds. Right. Somebody runs out to the huddle with uh, antiseptic. You know, yeah. whatever, yeah. bacterial. They yeah, squirt seriously. everybody's hands. They, uh, well, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's a good point though. Like, what is that stuff going to look like? And I, again, I've said this on the podcast before, but like what the UFC was doing, where they they bring bring the fighters in like a week, week and a half before they give in a preliminary covid test and they're quarantined to get the results of that and then three days before their fight take another covid test to get the results before their fights the entire time they're quarantined from the outside world but then it ends up being worth it because then they're not out with people and then they can get their payout from fighting you know and so i imagine but the nfl it's like you're talking i mean on one team what 40 50 100 players well not 100 but, but 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 so I mean what I mean by that is like but even the infrastructure to have one team the coaches the the you know ball okay. boys right. whatever right. right so you build all that out and it's like that's a massive expense of, of having to pay for all those COVID tests so I don't know I don't know what's gonna happen either yeah I just don't think it's gonna happen yeah um, and then the state fair which I don't care you know I've been a state fair in years really you're missing out bro no I'm not. Green it's chili, fun, green chili corn dogs. Yeah, no. Deep fried Oreos. The, um, it's the, yeah, uh, no. the the live seal trick seal show. Yeah, I didn't know they and had. They, they had jumped. Yeah. The seals jumped through hoops. And very stuff. cool. Is that right? Yeah, well, my, I, I would go to like Marineland to see that. <laughs> Not the why? When you can just go right here in Albuquerque. But did you say Marineland? Marineland. Shout out to Maureen. Maureen. Oh, she doesn't, she doesn't Maureen. like shout outs on the podcast. Uh, she, she just got one. I remember she said that to you? Uh, oh, say that? Uh, shout yeah, out to I believe it. I believe it. Oh, hey, don't shout mention, out. Don't mention Maureen's name anymore. Yeah, we won't, because, we won't mention Maureen. Okay. Yeah, we or, won't. or Marine Life. Or <laughs> yeah, hashtag Marine Life. <laughs> marine Habitat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what were you going to say, Tony? Well, I was going to say, speaking of shout-outs um, and yeah. Father's Day, because I want to come back to the – I hope that we get to talk about the importance of fathers during the, the breakdown mm. of the gospel. Um, but uh, last yesterday I was uh, spending some time – I always shout-out my, my good friend um, uh, Joe Ryan because uh, he listens to the pod, and uh, he's a good dude. He's a really great father, and he takes after his patron saint, St. Joseph. But I'll tell you what, he – smoked like with a smoker these uh ribs these pork ribs yesterday for father's day oh man oh my goodness was this your review of what (laughs) smoking review (laughs) yeah this is my smoke yeah this is my tobacco review no well it ought to be actually maybe i should just save it i'll save it for the tobacco review because, That's what I ought to do. Because, let me guess, because these ribs were good, and then you smoked a cigar after. I, no, I didn't even smoke what? a cigar. I didn't want a cigar after that. Oh my, uh, oh, my goodness. I can't even tell you the taste. I don't know how you feel about the taste of smoke, but I am. Well, you're, you're talking am, to a kid who, when he was a kid, used to put his <laughs> face up to a muffler. This is true. Yeah, on a rambler. Smoke a muffler. On a, a rambler. 67 rambler. Yeah. Right? Lost some brain memory? cells in the process, but continue. Man, alive. I tell you what. That was phenomenal. 
I've just discovered my new favorite food, and it's smoke. Ribs. <laughs> no, smoke. smoke. Oh, it was <laughs> just smoke. smoke. Oh, so you didn't yeah. eat the ribs. You just and, and then it, and then I started thinking because the smoke from the smoker smelled so good. I think he was using cherry and applewood. <laughs> Well, the smoke from the smoker smelled so good, and um, it started to attach to your, you know, to yourself when you're close to the smoker. You right. started smelling, and I you didn't got shower. To, and I got to thinking, here's my new entrepreneurial. I'm as as I'm thinking about opening up a new company. I've been obviously very successful with COVID uh, COVID doodos, and um, and the uh, the tutu uh, company that I own. But uh, I'm thinking of opening a company that sells soap that makes you smell like a campfire. Oh, my. Tony, <laughs> I love it. Wouldn't that be awesome? All of that definitely no. exists. <laughs> All of it definitely exists. Why not really? just go stand yes. in front of the campfire? Well, I mean, just, you know, can you imagine just waking up every day and you no. smell like a man? I also feel like you're basically describing You smell a, like a man no, after you get out of the shower with all the smoke. You're basically also describing a smudge stick where, like, you, you light the <laughs> jasmine or whatever and do that. Yeah, uh, I don't know what to say to that. Yeah, no, I'd say no. I, I'm shooting You don't think down, so? No. You don't think that'll take off? I mean, no. I mean... I, I think it'd be great, but I'm thinking about like all the other products that exist where they do that, right? Like one of our favorite whiskeys, the Campfire whiskey from uh, High West, right? It's a yeah. campfire, uh-huh. or the smoke out or whatever by High I'm West chilling. or like the smoked old fashions or things like that that are awesome and killer. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but, I mean yeah. what if you smelled like smoke? Wouldn't that just make your day? Wouldn't that just, you, yeah, you would think no. to yourself, no. Oh, the campfire. I hate that smell the next day when you <laughs> smell the campfire on your clothes. You're like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. <laughs> Nothing says Father's Day like well, campfire yeah. smelling yeah. soap. Yeah, no. I'm going to start marketing it Man, for next is, year. This yeah. is funny. This is going to be, uh, we're going to have like one new you listener who's going like? to jump in on this episode. And we're <laughs> talking about Tony's tutus and like all this. <laughs> Dude, all you do, you know what that is, that smell? It smells like the fryers. <laughs> That's what it is. The forest fryers? The forest fryers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's too funny. You know, You're referring they, to well, our, be- our beloved Franciscan friars. Well, their habits have that sort of uh, campfirey smell <laughs> to them. Uh, I think the polite word is patina. <laughs> so, it's, it's not dirty. It's it has a nice patina. <laughs> well, they're good Franciscans. They don't. Uh, we love them. Not, we love them to death. We yeah. should. No, when the we whole don't COVID thing, we don't, over, we we don't want our, our Franciscans smelling like metrosexuals. No, no. Yeah, you wouldn't want, want our like cologne and we and want our Franciscans smelling like Franciscans. Yeah, like absolutely. they've been down in the dirt That's doing right. dirty dirty work. Right. Well, That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as long as they're socially distanced from me, I don't mind that at all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that helps in them. Yeah, I, I, I love them to death, really, truly. Yeah. Hey, social distancing comes easy when you're hanging around the fryer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, and you guys. Yeah. Well, it's like it's okay. like pig pen, like from. Uh, well, we should talk, <laughs> right? We smell, like, we smell like Padrone Seven Thousands constantly. Right. <laughs> Which, by the way, I went to Total Wine today. They yeah. just just stocked the place. Oh, great! A big old box of awesome. Seven Thousand Naturals. I bought some Two Thousands. Beautiful. Wow. Beautiful, beautiful. I actually, I've acquired a whole slew of cigars that I, because I've been uh, to Total Wine a couple of times and I keep buying the cigars, but I don't have enough time to smoke them all. Too busy working out. Oh, yeah. And you can smoke smoking, when you're working smoking out. Smoking ribs. Well, who says yeah. you can't smoke while you're working out? On the treadmill? Yeah. Uh, the, I think the government, I think the government pretty says sure, that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the government says you're not allowed, and the company of, oh, that owns yeah. the gym. Yeah. Right. All right. Yeah. Um, hey, um, so I got a quiz, but okay, uh, great. I just want to mention this thing with the statues, okay? People. All right, so you want to tear down the Confederate stat, whatever, all right? But you don't want to—you're taking down statues of people who are abolitionists. 
Okay. You're taking down statues of Grant, who was the leader of the the side who defeated, okay, who won the war that set the uh, slaves free. Okay. You're taking down, there's a statue. I heard today that a statue of Stevie Ray Vaughan was desecrated. Uh Uh-oh. What? That's personal. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a personal offense against Father Scott. Uh, Now, I don't know if that's true. It's just what I heard. Well, okay, it but, wouldn't but, surprise me. You know, like most most significantly for us Catholics, um, two statues of of um, Sarah, Saint Saint yep. Saint, Saint Junipero Sarah, uh, were taken down, were pulled down, right? Were pulled down uh, by the mob in California, San Francisco. Yep, mm-hmm. San Francisco. One of them was San Francisco. I don't know about the second one. And I thought the other one was also in California, but I can't remember. It would make sense because that's where a lot of his missions, you know, are that he started. Um, And, you know, you you could see like this progressing. I think you mentioned this on the on the last podcast, didn't you, Father? You could see where this is headed, like or maybe someone else was saying this. But, you know, you start with just this notion that we need to revise our history. And then it leads to just this uh, kind of open book or not, I said, say blank slate kind of taking down of all monuments that are historical, including religious ones. And the reasons they take down the Unipero Serra was because of a lot of misinformation. They were, they were, they were interviewing, I saw somebody interviewing some of the mob, and the mob has no idea what St. Unipero Serra actually did. They just have this, this uh, false information about how he was oppressive or he created slavery or, I don't know, in the, in the California missions, all kinds of like... You know, uh, yeah. how do you say, just uh, misinformation about and, the Catholic and, Church and, and, and what the Catholic Church the media. Because some, some of the things I read on the media, I'm like, whoever wrote this article has no clue what they're saying. Right. Well, and, and so, like, so how far of a leap is it then from that in the public realm to people coming in, breaking down our churches or coming to, out, you know, statues outside the church? And pulling them down well, we or did, desecrating we, them. We talked about this post-show last week, remember? Yeah. When we were smoking, mm-hmm. and now there's was, already yeah. talk they want to they want to go after crucifixes because they have the white Jesus. Mm. Well, Jesus was Palestinian um, Jew, yeah. by the way. All right, so yeah, but you're right. They're going to start going after statues of of Our Lady of Guadalupe because she brought about the conversion of however many million indigenous peoples. Right? It's quite possible. Now, I mean, like I don't know of any instances where they've done it or tried to do it or whatever. But I mean, like, really, like, where does this end? This, this insanity. But these people that are doing this, they, 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 they have no clue of history. No, they well, don't even know history. So, right. but they pretend like they do. Right. But you can't wipe out history. It is what it is. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, so, so I have to say, like, what's going on on our little microcosm in New Mexico? You know, I mean, we're so distant, really. We had one battle from the Civil War up in Santa Fe. Otherwise, though, it's like it, that history is so distant and so different from us. We became a state like what 60 70 years after the civil war ended <laughs> so we weren't even a state yet oh, we're, when this whole was going are we on a state i <laughs> know right i you know but um but so so that history is so detached from us i mean on a local level right we have the the taking down of a lot of the conquistador statues um that are in santa fe and, and statues that are in albuquerque things like that but but it does it does sometimes just sometimes just seem like this lashing out of vandalism you know and, and then for example the one that was really famous last week was the statue of Oñate, a spanish um, conquistador from the uh you know 15 uh 1550s 
um, who was the first governor of New Spain, all this kind of stuff. He wasn't a good guy. He was not a good guy, and we'll be the first to say that he was not a good guy. But the lashing out is what was interesting to me. So they, they painted the statue of Oñate red, and they you know put a sign in front of him, put a bag over his head. And then there's an indigenous man standing next to him on the statue as well. And then they painted that one too and everything. And so I, it just seemed like this random well, lashing like out. I, like I've said you before, know? a lot of these people, they have no idea what they're protesting. They just, right. they just hey, they like to cause trouble. So here's right. an opportunity to, to, to wreak havoc. And so right. that's what they do. Well, and, you know, I'm sitting here today as a result of Spanish and, and indig- indigenous blood that were married. The Spanish married the indigenous people. They had kids with them. They had yep. wives. You know, uh, my, my great-grandfather was Apache. You know, like it's... It, it hey, was I'm, pretty I'm new. There was something. I knew there was something I'm about one eighth, you. Yeah. I'm one eighth indigenous person. My my great grandmother was Sioux Indian. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember you telling me that. Yeah. But but you know it's 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 the truth is that you know the Spanish were the first government at that time to recognize the indigenous people as human beings and that they had salvable souls. And the Pope said that as well. The Pope issued a decree at that point and with the Spanish King and said, the indigenous people have salvable souls and we want them to share in heaven with us. We want to be in heaven and see them in heaven as well. And so I think if that's kind of our starting context, it kind of gives us a a good kind of springboard to to discuss these, these um, difficult topics. So anyway, Okay, here we go. It's a true and false. <coughs> okay. True and false. It's a Pope true and false. Pope true and false. Got it. Number one, Pope Pius the Eleventh was coronated on March 12th, 1939. True or false? The 11th? Uh, I want to say false. I'll say true. True. Ooh. True. Bum, bum, bum. One to zero. Wow. Boom. Number two, Pope John the Twenty Third was born Angelo Giuseppe Roncalli. That's that's also is true. It's true. Yep, it's he's Roncalli. Twenty third, John Twenty Third. Yeah, he's Roncalli. True. Yep. Very good. Oh. Pope uh, John Paul the First is the most recent Italian pope. That pope is John true. Oh, yeah. Is that true? That is yeah. True. That is true. true. That's yep. true. That's true. What's yeah. his What's his uh, non-pope name? I, I forget. Remember. I don't know. It's Italian. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Franco-American. I think. <laughs> uh, pope John. Here's the next question. Okay. Alfredo Marinara. <laughs> pope John Paul uh, the first. Is another uh, John Paul the first question. Okay. Uh, was Pope a mere 42 days? True or false? Yeah, I thought it was 33. I was going to say it is 33, yeah. yeah, Okay. False. Yeah, so that would be false. It's not 42. Next question. Pope John Paul II was Pope from 1979 to 2005. That is true. It's 1978, I thought, to 2005. Oh, really? Tony got it, so, yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah, very specific. Man, see, you you wow. just think you know everything. He actually <laughs> that's true. It. That's true. Uh-huh. False. <laughs> <laughs> Pope John Paul II, another Pope John Paul II. Okay. Uh, studied acting. Yeah. True. It's tr- true. True. Yeah, okay. that's true. Final question, and it's tricky. Ready? You got to pay attention. Pay close attention. Pope Benedict XVI speaks, because he's still living, Pope Benedict XVI speaks German, Italian, French, Latin, English, Spanish, Portuguese, and Japanese, and can read ancient Greek 
and Hebrew. That's got to be true. I'm going to say, I'm going to guess false. Because I don't of think the Japanese. Japanese. That's, you got it. It's false. It is Japanese. And it's yeah. because of the Japanese. He doesn't yeah. speak Japanese. How do you know? <clears throat> because I looked it up. <laughs> you know, he, he might have drove, uh, driven a Japanese car at one point. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I've said this before, but he's just, he's a master of language. Um, well, so was, a, so was John Paul II. Yeah. 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 Well, John Paul spoke like, like 14. Yeah. 14 languages. The Oriental languages are so difficult to yeah. pick up though. I mean, yeah. they're so different. But uh, there's a great interview um, with then Cardinal Ratzinger on YouTube. You can look up. Um, if you look up Cardinal uh, Joseph Ratzinger, Raymond Arroyo interview, uh, it was supposed to be uh, Raymond was going to ask him like the first couple of sentences, just like opening lines, kind of like the, the punchy stuff in English, to which he would answer in English. Then they would then he, they would speak through a translator and then Cardinal Ratzinger could answer in German. But he's such a master of the English language. After those first five minutes, he was so comfortable. They just kept going and going and going. So it's a full interview for like, you know, in half English. an hour. Totally in English. Wow. Total, you know, seems totally natural. Just wow. a total master. That's and uh, interesting that when John Paul II was still alive, he visited, he went to Brazil. And Brazil, they speak. Brazil, Portuguese. Portuguese. <laughs> Brazilian. Brazilian. <laughs> it is like, a, well, to be fair, it is like a Brazilian Portuguese. I don't think it's like. Uh, actually, okay. Well, Portugal it's Port Portuguese. Okay, no, you might be right. You yeah. might be right, but. But so uh -huh. John Paul II spoke Portuguese to the president. Okay? Wow. The president afterwards commented that he has never heard anyone speak so beautifully wow. the mm. Portuguese language. Wow. Probably because he was speaking Portuguese and not Brazilian. Yeah. John Paul go. II was quite the linguist as well. Yeah. 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 yeah so 14, they say, 14 languages. That's You impressive. know, our father, Michael Nimczyk, spoke, uh speaks um, English. Well, Polish is his first language. Yep, right. Speaks English. Uh -huh. um, he also speaks. He's pretty decent at Italian. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and also Italy. some Spanish. Spanish. Absolutely. And he's not even thirty years old yet. No. Yeah, he's got time yeah. to study. Yeah. Get after it, Father Michael. Yeah. Start studying, bro. Okay, let's do a cigar review, friends. You like to smoke cigars. You wish your girlfriend would. Okay. Um, I have none. I have not smoked anything other than the Padron Seven. That was seven not months. very long ago um, that we were recording last. So yeah, that was last just like a few days ago. So we would have had to have smoked a cigar Do over you the have weekend. One? Do you have one? Yeah, um, I call it. Uh, this particular label is called the Smoky Ribs <laughs> of Heaven, <laughs> and it had a succulent uh, flavor taste. of smoke. Could you taste apple the apple and cherry cinnamon? wood and um, you know, the it, it had this flavor of char that was followed by, uh, you know, moist uh, flesh meat of the pig. All I got to <laughs> say is uh, thank God for the new covenant. covenant. <laughs> yeah, right. And not for that description. That was a little upsetting. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Yeah, okay. that's you all I got. Yep. That's it. Yeah, that, I'm just okay. I I had, ate some really smoky yeah. ribs and they tasted like smoke and it was awesome. I don't have anything yet because we have to. I have to go outside and smoke. Um, I have to think about what I smoked last. Well, I think I smoked a Cao Pallone again. Mm -hmm. It was okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, again, it was just as good as the first time. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to some new stuff though that I picked up recently: a Monte Cristo White. Ooh, yeah. A Gurkha Evil. Yeah. A, uh, an Alec Bradley Prensado, which is probably what I'll smoke tonight because I've been really wanting to try this one out. 
Um, and then I've got some Milanios and some other things mixed in there to try. Okay, sweet. Yeah. I don't have any new reviews either. No I reviews? My last, no, uh, I smoked my last Ramon Bueso last week after the podcast. It was delicious as always. Yeah, that was um, the, But then, you that know. was the first time ever we had no cigar. Well, okay, so we'll have to just take the rib thing and it is <laughs> what it is. Right. What was the last smoky thing you ate? The last smoky thing? Not, not a cigar butt, but. Uh, okay, so this is suddenly a food review. Yeah, like a smoky, uh, smoky, smoky thing? anything, like smoky. Um, uh, a schmore. Really? <laughs> no. uh, you like your uh, you like your I marshmallows hate, smoked? I, I hate schmores. Schmores. Uh, I smoked I, some smoky, smoked ham. A smoky smoked drink, ham. smoked ham. Yeah. Smoked ham. Smoked ham's good thing. Uh, All the bars have been closed. So I enjoy I, the smoked ham. You know, I had some smoky bear time. over at Ter- Terran's house that one night. You yeah. did. Smoky <laughs> bear. Did. Yeah, smoky that's right. Bear. You did have some smoky bear yeah, sausage. Yeah, so I, he, you know, I went to the, I was in, he, I, you got any ice creams? I go look in the in the freezer. So I opened the freezer. It's a big bear head staring at me. It looks like, <laughs> and how disturbingly similar it looks to a dog head. It's a completely it's legal, it was horrible. a legal, uh, legally tagged. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, uh, hunting expedition. So then I won't. I won't eat the bear. I, I'm just not eating bear. So he he calls me when I, he says I I got hey uh Mandy made up some tacos. You want some? Ta- yeah, bring over some tacos. So <laughs> yeah. I eat the tacos. Yeah. And when I eat the tacos, I'm like that tastes a little funny, but that's okay. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and say right. it tastes funny. He calls me and says you just ate bear. That's outstanding. Yep. He pulls out a long black hair out of his mouth. Right. Oh, it's black bear. That's so great. Hey, I wanted. I, I remember the last smoky thing I ate. Um, but I, in the same breath, I want to give a shout out to Zach Gard, who joined us last week for a cigar. Yeah, um, it was so fun. big we, shout out to him. We need to really get him on the yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah, great to have him down. And uh, so that day, I had my last, the last smoky thing I ate, the forest fire smoke. Remember that horrible. Smoke from the forest fires oh, all day yeah. Thursday and Not Friday. From I think we were all ingesting the so forest thick. fire it smoke. It felt like we were. Uh, when any time the smoke gets that bad, it's always a fire from Arizona. Yeah, because yeah. our fires are up west. north, so they just they blow that the other way, right? Yeah. But right. The ones yeah. that we get like in inundated. Remember that one like three years ago was from Arizona, and it was so it was crazy because it turned the uh, sky orange. It was like a, a, a episode of Star Trek. The original oh. series had the orange sky in yeah. the background. Oh, the the, the yeah. sky the sky was orange that Thursday morning. So another shout out to a friend of mine uh, who's leaving in a couple of days, uh, Father Jason Lalonde. Um, he's a good buddy, but um, so uh, he was um, supposed to be here tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he wasn't able to make it tonight, unfortunately. Packing up, huh? Where is yeah, he going? Packing up. He's going uh, to Harvard. Oh wow! Come to Harvard to go uh, get his. I believe it's his doctorate. Smarty so, pants, huh? Yeah, yeah, very smarty pants. But we actually uh, went for a um, half marathon run that morning in the smog and the fog and the smoke. My goodness! And uh, the sun was like blood red. It was like it was like the color of a Father Scott's shirt, blood red when that thing came up over the mountains. It was crazy. It's fascinating how yeah. like the yeah the colors change with the yeah. smoke. That's kind of cool. Oh, sure. That's very cool. He went to Harvard. <laughs> Lots what, of What luck. film is that from? Um, oh, sure. He went to Harvard. What uh, film? Fast Times at Ridgemont High. No. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Nope. I don't know. The Breakfast Eddie Club. Eddie Murphy. Dan Dr. Aykroyd. Danny Aykroyd. Oh. Uh, Come on. Uh, Coming to America. No. Trading places. Trading places. That was my next guess. Oh sure, he went to Harvard. I, hey, read the gospel, would you? Yeah, I haven't seen that movie. 
So what's uh, what's our time out of curiosity on there? What's our I feel time? Like we've what been you, bantering for an hour. We've been bantering quite a bit. Forty-five minutes. You guys, <laughs> I knew you guys it. bantering a long time before I got. Are we really there. at forty-five? Yeah. Wow. Forty-five okay. minutes. All right. Well, now, perfectly okay, timed. But now, once we we've done, we've gospel, done trivia, we've done cigars, we've done yeah. banter. Well, like, that's call, a big. That's wasn't a really a cigar review. I'm sorry. Full forty-five minutes. Food, yeah. smoky food review. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, we so you know. But once we get into this, then we'll, I'm going to sit back and relax and just let Tony. It's not true because I'm I'm uh, so tired. I'm not sure I'm going to carry it this time. What? All I all I came here to say tonight was, fathers are very important for families. Um, yeah, and and uh, and, and yeah. my follow-up statement is, um, and these these are just my thesis statements. I, I can flesh them out after we read the gospel, but uh, my my follow-up statement is, do everything you can to encourage and support the father in your family. So mm-hmm. if it's you know your husband or your actual father or like do everything you can mm-hmm. to encourage these men because the world is. Um, is militantly fighting against the the um, the institution the, the institution of fatherhood. Well, that's Marxism. It is. Look up, by the way. Look up and, and study the beginnings of of Marxism. Yeah. Okay. The 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 three things: the uh, taking away of 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 ownership. Of, of property, okay? Uh-huh. The other thing, too, was the uh, the destruction of traditional religions, and the other thing, the destruction of the family. That was their three sort of things, their goals. Yep, absolutely. Going back to the very beginnings, yep. okay. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, by the way, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to hear that, uh, you know, because there's a lot of violence going on in, in the inner cities, like in Chicago, mm-hmm. over the weekend, there was a bunch of deaths, right? Right. And I'm Sadly. happy to hear that so many of these inner city uh, uh, and men, okay, black men, men, I mean, real men speaking up for and telling the communities, we need to get back our families. We need to, to dads need to be dads. Good for them. Okay. And I'll hear a lot of religious or, or Christian leaders, you know, saying this from the housetops, no. you know, maybe, uh, you know, in some interview or something, but these guys are saying it from their housetops saying, and they're, you know what? They're being men. Absolutely. These are men being men and challenging men to be, re- and to step up to the plate and be yep. real fathers and real leaders of families. Yeah. Yeah. God 100%. bless them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, what, what stands between, um, culture destroying itself and, um, and the preservation of culture, right? It should be noble and virtuous men. That's right. Right. Fathers of families standing up, not just for their family, but for their country, That's right. for their neighborhood, for their community, for That's the, right. you know, I mean, really that if, if only, um, they were, you know, to be organized and, um, we make, tend to our families, we build strong families, then we build strong society. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. One follows the other. Yeah. So if you build strong families where dad is dad and mom is mom and mom and dad raise their kids okay and educate their kids then you have strong families which makes for a strong society yeah. well and unfortunately we mean you know our, we've talked about this before um i do have the gospel by the way called up whenever we're ready for that but i'm ready we've talked about this before about how satan's plan clearly has been to eliminate the spiritual fathers who lead the physical fathers along the path right 
And so all the attacks against the church that came before all of this were obviously, as you look back, hindsight is 2020, you can see how Satan had all of this lined up, right? To attack the church, attack the priesthood, attack the spiritual fatherhood, eliminate that voice, and then begin working on uh, physical fathers and, of course, the society and the family, right? So you're yeah. pointing to the scandals, of course. Absolutely. Which, by the way, now have rendered the bishops incapable of... of Having because, a strong voice. Yeah, because yeah. they have no moral voice anymore. It was like, well, because we already know what you people are yeah. about, so... That's right. They, so, so Satan cut out the, um, the spiritual fatherhood that it then affects the physical fatherhood, which then uh, enables the evil one to use, you know, to enable, to, to use his plan to uh, destroy culture and families and so forth. So, you know, we can see, I can see, I'm sure you can too, how clearly it's so, it's so, I mean, it's so, it's all exposed now. We can see clearly how the devil has orchestrated this. Yeah. And so, only, only something evil or someone evil could, could, could author this or, or orchestrate this. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Like in any other time of tumult, you know. So it's time for, I think, um, spiritual fathers and physical fathers to pick up their arms again, right? Uh, to pick up their weapons of battle. And, mm -hmm. of course, in the spiritual realm, that's things like the sacraments and the rosary and fortitude and, mm -hmm. you know, prayerful courage, um, mm -hmm. standing up uh, for their families and for their communities, mm -hmm. you know, and, and being a voice to say, time out. This has gone too far already. Enough is enough, right? Okay. Agreed. So moving on to the gospel. Um, I've got it here. Is that okay if I read it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Matthew 10, verse 26 through 33. Jesus said to the 12, fear no one. Nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly father. But whoever denies me before others... I will deny before my heavenly father. That's the words of the Holy Gospel. There we go. Okay, Amen. can I, I just want to say something real quick, okay? So in the first reading from this past weekend, it's from Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. And Jeremiah said, I hear the whisperings of many, terror on every side, mm -hmm. denounce, let us denounce him. All those who were my friends are on the watch for any misstep of mine. Perhaps he will be trapped. Then we can prevail and take our vengeance on him. Okay, uh, and then he goes on to say, but the Lord is with me like a mighty champion. Okay, so I just wanted to make this point that in this first reading, we have um, some typology here because in this moment, in this moment, Jeremiah is a type of Christ. Okay, and this is a prefigurement or foreshadowing to the very passion of Christ who was rejected even by his members, some of the members of his own family who denounced him and the Sadducees and the Pharisees who waited for some misstep so they'd have cause to have him arrested, to take him away and put, put him to death. You see? Yeah. But the Lord was with him like a mighty champion. It's absolutely a callback 
to Jeremiah and also a callback to just the context of what Matthew's talking about here in chapter 10. So, you know, we often see sometimes if you ever crack open a Bible, we have those kind of like little subheadings that kind of tell us um, some foreshadowing about what's going on in that section. So this particular section from today's gospel is titled Courage Under Persecution. The section 10 verses before that is titled... um, coming persecutions where it sets up in those 10 verses, you know, uh, brother will, will turn against brother and father against mother. And it goes in this whole thing, this really intense kind of dialogue. You'll be hated by all, not some, not a couple people by all because of my name, but whoever endures to the end will be saved. So it's, it's, it's this really, really, really intense, um, foreshadowing, uh, prophecy that Jesus is telling to his apostles here, kind of setting up the kind of end that every single one of them who's listening will experience. Right. I mean, apart from Judas, of course, but, um, just kind of setting up this whole scene for all of them but always, right? And I, and I think this is maybe something to remember in all these things that no matter how dark, no matter how, how awful things get, that there's always that light at the end of the tunnel, right? So we have this big 10 verse, like, like really, 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 really intense um, prophecy by, by our Lord. But then he always follows it up that don't worry, I'll give you the words to say, don't worry, right? I'll give you the, um, I'll give you the courage to continue. Don't be afraid of the one who can kill the body, but be afraid of those who can destroy the soul, right? So this incredible consolation of our For Lord. Or the one, is be, he says, don't be afraid of those who kill the body, but the one who has the power to kill both body and soul in fiery Gehenna. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, um, not to sound nihilist with everything, but it kind of, I think for me at least frames all the problems that I think, um, problems and anxieties that I see in the daily, in the, you know, daily life, whether it's coronavirus, whether it's protests, whether it's riots, is it's, you know, that, that kind of verse from Revelation repeats inside my head that all of this is passing away. That, you know, as troublesome as it might seem, there will always be tomorrow, you know. And, and listen, you know, he, he said, um, you know, uh, when he was saying all these things, he said, those who persevere to the end will be saved. Right. So all we have to do is, is we dig in our heels, we persevere. And he also said, listen, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. My grace is sufficient for you mm-hmm. just for today. So just get through the end of this day with the help of my grace. We'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. So many people I've heard um, are talking about how much more effort they feel like they need to do um, in this trying time. I mean, how many more things they, they, they feel like they need to do, more rosaries to be prayed or more holy hours or more this, more that. And, and my, my position on that is if we remain steady amidst the tumult and the, you know, the, the trials, that's probably more noble and mm-hmm. ultimately will be more successful than if we try and go above and beyond, right? Like, mm-hmm. why change your course now? If your course is steady with the church and it's marching forward just in a very ordinary way, whether it's, you know, week, weekly mass or daily mass or, you know, holy hour or holy half hour or a rosary or a rosary every night, whatever your, your normal routine is, your habit, your good spiritual habit, why not just try and keep that solid during a time mm-hmm. that, that is trying to, you know, knock people off their, right. off their usual routine because it's so uh, distracting and, to, you know, um, why not just take consolation, like you said, Father, in being steady in our, in our 
devotional and pious efforts. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think, you know, if you're a person, okay, because we have many people, right, come to weekday mass. They go to confession once a month at least. Mm-hmm. They're weekday mass. They pray the rosary every day. They come to adoration twice, two, three, four times a week. They read their scriptures, right? They watch, you know, they're watching, uh, they watch Formed or they, you know, EW10, whatever. And it's like, that's the person you say, okay, don't, you don't need to do anything else. Just stay, stay steady. Now, the person whose prayer life consists in nothing more than bless us, O Lord, and these like gifts over <laughs> yeah. the bowl of post toasties. Right. I would say, yeah, <laughs> maybe well, add maybe something in there. Maybe yeah. add, uh, you know, pick sure. it up a little bit, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a great point, right? Because anxieties. In, in the world or anxieties in the world is that you can be in your anxiety can be tempted into further despair, further sadness, further worry, or the total overcorrection, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, now I have to go, you know, uh, walk on my knees in glass inside the church or whatever. And it's like, and then you do that and you get burnt out on religion. You get burnt out on the routine, right? Um, yeah. I think there's an absolute temptation to overcorrect, you know, that's of course not to say, you know, in the same breath, that's not to say that that sacrifices and things like that are a bad thing. They're they're good and they're meritorious for people who are spiritually prepared to do that. It's not it's not a discipline that all of us are called to pick up and do right. Um, and, and maybe just you know uh, a word about um, having a priest that you trust and you might be able to go to for spiritual direction for that kind of thing. So just be cautious. You know, um, I was going to make the point as well that. Um, you know, again, I, th- I think it's profound that our Lord is talking about here in Matthew, where um, he says, even the hairs of your head have been counted. Even all of the hairs on your head ha- are counted. And just this really radical idea that I think now to like a 21st century Christian um, is like, oh, yeah, whatever. God loves me. He knows me. It's like it's so easy to kind of pun intended brush hairs on nice. your head to brush the- those things nice. off. <laughs> but, you know. That, yeah. that, that, that was style. Insert <laughs> eye roll. That was style. It was smooth. It was matte finish. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's so easy being a 21st century Christian to hear that and say, oh, I know, I know. God, God cares about me. He, you know, wow, like, blah, 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 whatever. But again, just how groundbreakingly revolutionary that would have been to the first century Jew that it's like this God that they thought that they were raised their whole life and have been really taught even inside the temple was so detached from them that, that, that we, that God is kept behind this veil in this really specific place. That only one person can enter into that. God was so detached from them. So detached from their daily lives that he's way up there. He's all the way over there, even in Jerusalem, right? If you lived out in, uh, I don't know, um, anywhere that wasn't Palestine <laughs> as a Jew, right? You didn't have the luxury of going to temple. God is literally over there. Mm. You know, uh, God is literally in a different place from me. God is far away. I have to travel to God. He never comes to me. He doesn't really know about me. And it's just this big kind of, uh, kind of experience of detachment really, you know? And so just how revolutionary that is that, that Jesus is saying, no, no, no. God is so intimately involved and concerned with humanity and not just humanity as a whole, but with you in particular, that even all the hairs on your head are counted. You're worth more than a sparrow. And we think about the sparrows in the temple were being sacrificed on the temple, being cut into pieces, right? And just how, how much that would have meant to these, even these farmers, these nomadic people, a sparrow, right? That no, no, you're worth more than all of that, right? How groundbreaking that is. I know. And it's an awesome thing, too. You know, the Lord isn't out there somewhere. Well, he is. But yet he's here. And 
You know, it's like, well, can can God hear my thoughts? Does he hear what I say? Yes. Yes. And knows them before you think them. And your words, he knows them before you speak them. You know what I mean? That's 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 how intimate the Lord is with us. This is to what degree he knows us. And this is why, you know, this this I don't know why, you know, it's it's silly not to uh, seek a relationship with some someone who is so close. Yeah. You know, uh, that's a good point. That's and it's like point. some people don't experience the Lord in this closeness because they don't foster a, a relationship. So, you know, we, we're called to this relationship which is more intimate than any relationship we could possibly have with another human being, you know, yeah. in the person of Christ, who, by the way, just by the fact, look, he took on our flesh to yeah. make this relationship a possibility. He gave us the Eucharist to make this relationship a possibility, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. That he, that he, um, you know, not only loved us so much to 2000 years ago, take on flesh and die for us on Calvary, but also that, that every single person, every single person, um, pretty much unilaterally who's listening to us talking right now on this podcast has a Catholic church within like half an hour of wherever they are in this exact moment. Right. And so, I mean, that's an amazing fact, right? Is that, is that you can pop into a Catholic church, bless you. Because okay. his kid is coronavirus. Fourteen day quarantine. Sorry, I can't. <laughs> but you know, you can pop into a Catholic church anywhere in the entire world, and the same Jesus sits and waits inside that tabernacle. The same Jesus who sits right there in the tabernacle here at St. John Vianney Church, right in the entire world, and in, in St. Peter's Basilica, is the same Jesus who wants that culture of encounter, who wants to meet you, um, who 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 craves you, and wants you to crave him as well. Yeah. Hey, uh, next time you got to use your. Just don't well, blow. Said, I just don't, don't understand sneeze. what the difference is. Just don't is. sneeze into your sneezing hand. Sneezing in your hand or sneezing in your elbow. Because well, later the on you're going to pass me. A, you're going to pass pass me a lighter, which is no, I'm your, not. You got your coronavirus all over your lighter. So then you'll give me your lighter to light my cigar, and I'm going to get coronavirus on, you're my, on your own, bro. You get on my cigar. Next time, just sneeze directly into the microphone. I think it'd probably be better. Yeah. Okay. Now, by the way, now going back to what we're saying. So, if this is the case, this intimacy, this closeness, then why there is nothing, absolutely nothing, for us to fear. Not a person, not a thing, nothing. Okay. Not death, because it's been conquered. Because if we're this close to the Lord and united to Him, then even though something will kill us, and something will, one thing or another, we are meant for His eternity, that we may spend our eternity with Him in His heaven. So there's nothing, absolutely nothing, for us to fear. So we should live each day in just total joy. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, traditionally, that's how we know the apostles lived this scripture, right? They, they actually lived out um, what we're hearing today in the Gospel of Matthew. They, I mean, of course, I mean, we're humans, so we have fallen human nature. So, of course, they were worried. They were, you know, probably had some anxiety leading up to it. But everyone, again, everyone, um, I guess apart from St. James and Judas, of course, were all martyred in horrific ways because they were so convicted by this truth of Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father, right? And there's no other way to explain that. There's no other way to explain um, those convictions other than a supernatural encounter that they had with the living God, Mm -hmm. you know? And and yeah, just just as a great example, you know what I mean? Um, Again, especially for right now as we're all trying to figure out you know, the, the virus and being away from family and being away from friends and not going on those trips and all all this kind of societal struggle and societal anxiety we experience, right? Is that 
You know, there's something greater. There truly is something greater at work, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, being locked up for three months inside a house or being put to death by Emperor Nero, you know, being burned at the stake, whatever, right? Like it's the church kind of, in my mind, breathes a deep sigh every time one of these, uh, you know, cultural upheavals happens. And she's like, no, I've been there. I've done that. This yeah. is this is not new. Yeah, we've gone through this before. Yeah. And that's the whole thing with me. It's like, you know, I'll start feeling kind of like down or something. And then it's like, look, just trust in Jesus. Because if he's allowing this, there's it means there's going to be some huge good, big good that's going to come from it. Yeah. That's how I look at it. Absolutely. All right. So can we wrap it? Oh, you got something? Yeah, no, I was just going to say just a word about because we started this um, conversation talking about fathers. So just a word about how physical fathers and even spiritual fathers reflect the fatherhood of God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this means that fathers, whether they be spiritual fathers like you, Father Scott, or physical fathers like husbands and fathers of families, have a very um, remarkable responsibility to reflect as best as possible every day the fatherhood of God the Father, which is perfectly just and perfectly merciful, right? Um, and perfectly loving, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's, an, that's a remarkable responsibility to be sure that as a father, right, we're um, imitating God the Father in his, uh, in, in his um, perfect attributes as much as possible. Um, now, and at the same time, another <clears throat> thought came to my mind that so many people probably don't have a good relationship with God, God the Father, because um, they had maybe a bad example or they were wounded by a bad example of fatherhood in their life, right? And they can't imagine God the Father as anything different than that example of fatherhood they encountered at some point in their life, right. right? And so their, the encouragement to them would be to go beyond the physical you know, examples of fatherhood that might have hurt you or harmed you or whatever, move beyond that, study who God is, who God the Father is and all of his perfections, and then, and then approach that relationship with him in an openness that accepts all of his perfections, you know, perfectly loving, perfectly mm-hmm. merciful, perfectly just, perfectly wise, et cetera, et cetera. And you're right. There's a lot of people who have had really bad relationships, women in particular, bad relationships with their father. So it's hard for them to have this relationship with God as father, right? So, And um, loving father, right? right? Like but, God as a perfect father. Right. And so some of these, there's several women who I've met in the past who have this incredible relationship with God now as father and, and, and who had really bad relationships with their own fathers. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, how they got to that, that place where they could have this relationship with the father. How's that? They went through the blessed mother. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. They went through the blessed mother first to get to where they, they needed to be in this relationship with God as father. That seems to make a lot of sense, right? Mm-hmm. Imi- they're imitating Mary and her relationship to God, the father mm-hmm. and that the perfect thing that that is. Mm-hmm. Well, but that's our lady, beautiful. though. But that's our lady. That's the awesomeness of our lady is to take us by the hand to her son. Yeah. You know? And I think that's, you know, like if it's the case that women, um, I mean, 
obviously Mary's not just for women, you know, she could be our model too as men, but I think Jesus maybe is a, is a more poignant, um, example for us men of how to relate to the father, right? Even Jesus as, as the God man, he, he relates to his father, God, the father, right? Mm -hmm. In a particular way that's unique to men. And mm -hmm. so I think that's, and not to mention, I mean, and, and I, not to mention St. Joseph, for instance, you know, and, and his example and how he relates to God the Father. That's good, man. Yeah. Okay, shall we wrap it? Let's sure. do it. Let's wrap it now. Okay, so, because um, we're, you know, I can tell you're getting tired. Yeah, I've been tired since I got here. Okay, and I, yeah. I don't know, and then Tony, or uh, William, I don't know, I don't know what his deal is, but I think he wants a drink. And me, <laughs> and me. You just need a cigar. <laughs> I, I am itching for a cigar. So right, well, let's with wrap that, it up then. I'm, I got to wrap this up. Yep, let's do it. Let's okay, do it. so um, listen, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're still going to build a church. It's going to mm -hmm. happen because the coronavirus is going to disappear and then we're going to build a church. Okay, so if you'd like to donate, sjvnm.org is the place to go to donate. Okay, and uh, just scroll down to where it says donate and donate to the cause. Okay, we're doing good on that. So, uh, and then two, um, you know, uh, our masses. If you come here, uh, you know, we're doing now. We kind of switched it up a little bit. So Saturday at four, Sunday eight, ten, and twelve noon. Okay. All right. Do you have anything uh, to end with, Tony? Uh, or, uh, Will. Uh, That's Will. That's Will. Yeah. Said Tony looking at Will. <laughs> William. Okay. Tony. I think you're tired. Happens too. a lot. I am, man. Uh, I need a cigar. You know what it is? It's you need a cigar. It's cigar fatigue. Cigar All right. fatigue. As other as scientists call it, nicotine withdrawal. Yep. But anyway, uh, so <laughs> you can drop us a line. Holy smokes at sjvnm.org. We got one email this past week, but it was from the uh, deposed son of a Libyan dictator, I believe, who was asking for gift cards. <laughs> so and no, did we send him something? Uh, I mean, out of Christian charity, like, I think we're obligated to. Um, <laughs> a cigar. So, so uh, we could, could we ask him for some cigars? <laughs> we we'll have no, no reviews. No though. new reviews. We've What's stagnated on the reviews since the beginning of COVID. I know. What's this? Um, we were doing good, and all of a sudden. And uh, no new content for our Instagram page, at Holy Smokes Catholic okay. on Instagram. So okay, kind of stagnated on. Content, yeah, I'll tell you. I don't know. Cool? Hit us up. Let us know. Uh, yeah, give it if you have a, an idea for a show or you'd like to be a guest on the show. We should do like a. Uh, we should do like a question and answer through like the email. But then what would be cool? But this is our problem: is it'd be live. But knowing how we all are, you know what I mean. Yeah. But like, because I can do a live stream on Instagram, and that'd be cool. Would you guys like that? If you want to, if you if you'd be I down do for it. an Instagram live stream where I get on our Instagram page, okay. set up the phone, we all uh -huh. three of us sit around just smoking cigars and answering your questions live. I can from do the that. stream. That's I'll a pretty cool it. idea. You guys are into that? I'll do it. Drop I'll us a it. drop us an Instagram message at Holy Smokes Catholic or send us an email Holy Smokes Okay, cool. All right, say goodbye. Bye. there, Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic themed coffees available at www dot grimbeancoffee.com forward slash redboxmedia experience coffee like never before <laughs>